Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Once again, the verses of Scripture from Ephesians chapter 1 that we have read last Sunday, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 15 through to 23, and we will pick up in chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 10. This is the foundational scriptures for our lesson last week and this week entitled Spiritual Realities. So we're going to speak about spiritual realities. Let's begin reading. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Picking up from chapter 2, verse 1, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the Spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There is a tremendous revelation hidden in these verses of Scripture. And what the Apostle Paul is endeavoring to do through the Spirit is to give us a glimpse or a picture of what took place behind the scenes in the Spirit when Christ was raised from the dead. And we mentioned last Sunday that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead came into our dead spirits when we received Christ and raised us up together with Christ in the Spirit and made us sit together with Him, the Bible says, in the heavenly places. And God did all of this for us so that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Praise God forevermore for what He has done for us through Christ Jesus. So when we received Christ, as we mentioned last week, we received a crucified, resurrected, and glorified Christ. Whatever the Lord Jesus experienced through His death and resurrection, we, by faith, have experienced the same thing in the Spirit because we are in Him and He is in us. The Bible says that God placed us in Christ when we received Christ and were born again by His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, But of Him, that is God, you are in Christ Jesus. So we are in Him and He is in us. And the Word of God says, if anyone is joined unto the Lord, is one spirit. He is the head, and we are members of His body. And we cannot separate the head from the body. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Word of God says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And all things have passed away, and all things... A-L-L. -L. All things have become new in our spirits. Our mind, our will, our emotion, which is our soul, has not been affected, neither our physical bodies. The part of us. You see, that is why it is difficult to understand and believe these truths with a natural mind. The mind that has not been renewed by the Word of God finds it impossible to see through this because the Word of God is spiritual and we cannot approach the Word of God with our natural mind. We have to approach the Word with our spirits. We need spiritual understanding and not natural understanding. And that is why Paul prays for the church, the very verses that we just read, that the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that the eyes of our understanding, our mind, 
may be opened up so that we can see, perceive, and receive these truths by faith. The reason why I say that the natural mind cannot understand these is because the natural mind looks at things in the natural and in the physical rather than the spiritual. The natural mind says, how can you say I am seated with Christ in heavenly places when in fact I'm sitting right here in my living room on my couch? You see, where people stumble and fail to grasp these truths is because they think they are only human physical beings rather than primarily spiritual beings according to the Word of God. And we've read this verse of Scripture last week. I want to read it again because it's a very important portion of Scripture relating to what we are speaking about today, spiritual realities. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that he puts the spirit first. He puts them in order of importance. We are primarily spirit beings. We have a soul and we live in a body. We don't have a spirit. We are spirit beings because we are created in the likeness and in the image of God. And Jesus said in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit. And if we were created in the image and likeness of God, therefore we are primarily spirit beings. Amen? Are, we, are you with me so far? So spiritually speaking, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominions and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. The Lord has given us a privileged and honorable, a high position to be seated together with him in the spirit in heavenly places. That is why the word of God says in 1 John chapter 4, and it's important to understand this. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the scripture says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Past tense. We're not going to overcome. We have already overcome. Why? Because spiritually speaking, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all the dominion and the powers of the evil one. Because, he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then again, in the same letter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, the word says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Because you are of God, because you were born of God, you are a world overcomer. You are a devil overcomer. You are a fear overcomer. 
you have overcome because God placed you in Christ when you got born again and Christ is seated far above all dominions and powers and all of the principalities and powers of the air. Now, as I say, 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes. Believes what? That Jesus is the Son of God. And I will give you one more verse of Scripture because the Word of God says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word must be established. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, the Word says, Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Just think for a moment. Not how we're going to be. As Jesus is today, so are we in this world. And remember, he's not talking about your body or your soul. He's talking about your spiritual part. As he is, so are we in this world. You will never be any more righteous in the spirit than you are today. You will never be any more holier than you are today. Your spirit is made perfect according to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Your spirit is complete in Christ Jesus because in your spirit dwells. According to the word of God, Christ Jesus, and in him dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. When God looks at you, he relates to you in the spirit because he is a spirit. He relates to you spiritually and not in the flesh. That is why the Word of God says we have been made holy and righteous and without blame in His sight. You look much prettier in the Spirit than you do in the flesh. Your Spirit is just like Christ, made perfect. And the Holy Spirit dwells within our spirit and we have become one spirit with the Lord. In the spirit, you are made perfect. But you are far from being perfect in the flesh and in your soul. We have left, but we have not arrived yet. What we need to do is to educate and train our minds to according to the truth of God's word and teach it to think according to the word of God and according to what took place in our spirits. Now I have a question and that's where I've ended it last week. The question is, if I am as he is in this world, how come I am still depressed? How come I am still sick in my body? How come I'm still anxious, fearful, and oppressed? We need to clarify this. Let me ask you the question. Is Jesus depressed right now? Is he ever depressed? Of course not. 
Is he sick? Unthinkable. Is he defeated? No. Is he fearful? Never. So, how come I am still fearful? How come I'm still anxious? How come I still worry and I have all of these things that are going on in my life? And let me clarify this. You need to listen with your heart and with your ears as well. So pay attention to what I'm saying, please, because this is very important. Your spirit is never depressed. Your spirit is never fearful. It is never defeated because it is like Christ. But you see, the problem is you can't feel your spirit. You can't see your spirit. The only way you can know your spirit is by faith, according to what the word of God says. Your soul, though, because your mind has not been renewed with the truth of God's word, still is depressed. It is fearful. It is anxious. It is oppressed. And your body might still be sick. So the part of you that is redeemed, that is whole. You see, your body has not been redeemed yet. We're waiting for a glorified body. And we're waiting for a brand new mind that God will give us on that day. But while we are here on this earth, we continue to renew the natural mind with the spiritual mind. That is why the Word of God says, put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created him. So, remember this. In your spirit, there's no depression. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no sickness. You are made whole and healed. And I say that because Galatians 5.22, I want you to read that from your own Bible, says the following. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. These spiritual forces dwell in your spirit. There is love in your spirit. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, that is, our spirits, by the Holy Spirit, which has been given unto us. There is love in your spirit. You are full of love. There is joy. There is peace in your spirit. There is kindness. There is goodness. There is faithfulness. There is gentleness. There is self-control. All of these graces, all of these forces of life, Dwell within your spirit, man. You need to receive that by faith. But in order to release these forces from your spirit so they can affect your soul, your emotions, and your physical body, the mind is the key. By the renewal of the mind, we release what is within us to effect the outside of us. Are you with me? You see, the, the mind of the person is the doorway to the natural world and the doorway to the spiritual world. The soul of the human being 
dwells in the middle of the, it is sandwiched between the spirit and the body. But the mind is the governor or the gatekeeper or the gateway both to the spiritual realm as well as to the natural realm. So it depends where you yield your thoughts. The reason why most of us are depressed is because we choose to dwell on depressing thoughts. What you dwell on and focus your attention on, you will be full of it. If you focus on the natural, on your problems, on your circumstances, on your sickness, on your pain, you will be full of it. That is a fundamental law. The Bible says that your thoughts shape your life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that is why we have to dwell on the on the bright side of things. Dwell on what God has done for us. Dwell on the greatness and the goodness and the loving kindness of the Lord and meditate on things that are good, according to Philippians 4.8, lovely, good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue. So if you want to be, to be rid of fear and depression, you go to focus and pay attention to what God says rather than what the natural circumstances say. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord because the word says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Are you with me so far? What you focus and pay attention on, you will be full of. That is why we need to dwell on the light, dwell on the on the, on the grace of God, on the love of God, on the goodness of God, and what the Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. And when we begin to meditate on how great our God is, our circumstances and our problems seem so insignificant because we are taken up with the revelation of the greatness and the loving kindness of our God. And I say this to you. Uh, the person who has tasted the goodness of God and the loving kindness of the Lord is ruined for life. You will always hunger and thirst for fellowship and relationship with the Lord. And nothing in this world will ever satisfy you except the presence of God. And those of us who have been born again have tasted the goodness and the grace and the loving kindness of God. We ruin for life. We cannot be content and satisfied with anything else but the presence of God. Amen. It's all about relationship. Nothing is more important in this life than our relationship with the Lord. And as the song, we used to sing an old song in the, in the old days that said, Something like to this effect. Um, uh, how does it say it, Michael? Look full in his wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. You know, when you get so caught up with the love in the light of his glory, when you get so caught up with the things of God and with how much God loves you 
And what the Lord God has done for you through Christ Jesus, through the plan of redemption, you get so caught up with God that everything else loses its value. It's not important anymore. What's important is your relationship with God and your fellowship with Him and your intimacy with Him. And, and the more you realize how much God loves you, the more you love Him. And the more you want to serve Him and the more you want to obey Him. And that's, that is relationship. It's all about relationship. God loves you. He likes you. And He wants to spend time with you and fellowship with you in the Word. That's awesome, isn't it? God is so good. Therefore, we come to this conclusion that the reason why we're still defeated in the rest of our soul and body is because of our unrenewed mind not knowing who we really are in Christ or what we have because of Christ. You see, we have not fully learned yet how to identify with our spiritual nature and release by faith this new nature from within us to work on our behalf. We only know ourselves, at least most, most of the people in the church today worldwide, know themselves after the flesh and not after the spirit. They know what they look like. They know how tall they are. They know if they're fat, if they're thin. They know who their parents are. They know where they were born. All of these things, it, it's all knowing people after the flesh, in the natural, that is. But the secret is to know ourselves after the Spirit, to know ourselves in Christ, who we really are. We're not just mere humans made of flesh and blood. We have the power of God, the resurrected power of God living on the inside of your spirit. Now, the problem is you can't poke your spirit. You can't feel your spirit. You can't see your spirit. You can't take an x-ray and see what your spirit is like. No one can tell you that. The only source of true information to find out who you really are is the word of God. That is why the Bible says that the Word of God is a spiritual mirror. If you want to know who you are, if you want to know what you can do, if you want to know what you have because of Christ, the only place you can find that out is the Word of God. Because the Word of God is spiritual. And it will reveal things to you that cannot be discerned with the five physical senses. For instance, you go to the doctor, he takes an x-ray, and he says, you got a defected heart. You got a heart problem. Now, he can only search the physical and the soulish. Psychologists, you know, you can tell the part of your soul. You know if you're happy or unhappy. You know if you're sad. You know if you're happy. We can tell that. That is part of our emotions. But the doctor cannot search your spirit and find out what's in your spirit. But there is enough power within your spirit to heal your body if you come in line and in agreement with what God has said. Are you with me? 
This is so important. To release what's inside onto the outside, it takes faith. And faith works by the renewing of our mind. Knowledge is the foundation of faith. We've talked about it a number of times. Knowledge is the fuel of faith. And so for the faith to work, we have to have a renewed mind, understanding of what we really have in the Spirit. In the Spirit, we are powerful. The Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For a long while and for many years, I thought that my soul and my spirit were one and the same. It's not. It's not the same. Because the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and I'm going to read it to you. For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. If you can divide them, they're not the same. Amen? They are two separate entities. Your intellectual world is not the same as the spiritual world. With the spirit, you contact the world, the spiritual world. With the soul, we contact the intellectual and the emotional world. With our physical body, we contact the physical natural world. And we need to distinguish the difference between them. Amen? So, and we need to identify more with our spirit because we are primarily spiritual beings. I'm going to say this again. If we know ourselves after the flesh and not after the spirit, the Bible calls this carnal believers. You will see that in 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul mentions this several times. The carnal believer is a person who is governed and dictated to by his five physical senses only. In other words, their faith is based only on what they see, what they hear, what they feel, taste, and smell. In other words, if they cannot see it, they won't believe it. If they cannot feel it, they won't believe it. They have to feel it first, just like Thomas. Thomas said, unless I see the nail print in his hands, unless I put my hand and thrust it in his side and feel the wound, I will not believe. That is a carnal believer. And I say this. If we are going to live by our five physical senses when it comes to spiritual things, we will always live in a cycle of defeat, failure, oppression, depression, sickness, disease, and whatever else you can think of. Because we, if we carnal, we cannot believe anything we cannot see. And you cannot see your spirit. Amen? Are you with me? Spiritual things cannot be discerned by natural senses because they are in two different worlds. Jesus said, that which is of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And then he went to say, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. The flesh profits nothing. Are you with me? Praise God. <clears throat> so, we are primarily spiritual beings. We are born of God, 
And we have within our spirits the very life and the nature of God imparted to us. We have been given also the Holy Spirit, who is the might and the power of God that resides within us. And through him, the Bible says we are more than conquerors. Amen. Now. As I mentioned before, I'm going to say it again. If we are defeated in life is because we have been relying far too much in the flesh, far too much in our emotions up, up. And you see your emotions, they never constant. One day they up, one day they down. One day you feel God loves you. The next day you feel God doesn't love you. You feel so far away from God just because you feel that way. That does not mean that God has stopped loving you or that God is not pleased with you anymore. We need to go by the word of God and not by our emotions because they fluctuate. Amen. So if we have been leaning far too much in the flesh and far too much in our own natural understanding, rather than trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts, we will have a life that is never stable that is always insecure because emotions will one day tell you one thing, the next day tell you another. Thing. Circumstances will tell you one thing one day, but they are subject to change. So the only stable force that we can anchor our soul on is the word of God and the promises of God. God never changes. His word never changes. The Bible says that my covenant I will not break, neither alter the words that proceed out of my mouth. God will never change his word. He will never change his mind. If he says to you, I will never leave you nor forsake you, you can bank on that, regardless of what your emotions tell you, regardless of what your circumstances tell you. God says, I will love you and there is nothing you can do to love you any less or love you anymore. It's not according to performance. It's according to faith in what Christ Jesus has done for you. God doesn't love you because you're good. God doesn't love you because you do this and you do that and you do that. God loves you unconditionally. Amen. We need to get that deep down in our hearts and anchor our soul in the very fact. When God says, I will meet all of your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I don't care what your checkbook says. I don't care what your banker says. God's word is truth. And the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. Every man. That includes every man. I don't care what any man says. God's word must have priority and preeminence in our lives. So the key to a victorious life and the key to victory in Christ is a renewed mind, a mind that has been educated and trained by the word of God to think in line and according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. I'm going to close with this. There is much more to talk about this. I don't want to rush through this, but next week we will pick up here and show you how to maintain this life of victory from day to day. But I'm going to close with Romans chapter 8 and verse 6.
For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What does it mean to be carnally minded? It means that you are governed by your five physical senses and not the Word of God. But to be spiritually minded means that you are governed by the Word of God and not by your senses. Here's the difference. So when your mind is spiritually renewed, you will walk in peace and you will have life in abundance. But if you choose to dwell on the natural, believe only what you see and believe only what you feel, then the Bible says this kind of thinking leads to depression, leads to oppression, leads to sickness and poverty and lack and all of the curse of the law. So we have a choice. The choice is, I choose to believe the word. There's only one choice for us. Amen. It's a a conscious decision. Because remember, faith is a choice. And belief is also a choice. I choose to believe the word. I choose to walk in love. I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. The word of God says we walk by faith and not by sight or feeling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did you get something out of this today? Remember that in your spirit, you are perfect. You are holy. You are complete. You lack nothing. The word of God says we are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, the challenge is to get from what we have in our spirit to affect our mind, our soul, our emotions, and our physical senses, our body, so that they can line up together with our spirits that we can walk in this life as He walks. That's the challenge. Amen? All right. Let's close in prayer. Father God, thank You for Your precious Word. Lord, your word is filled with grace, with life, with health, with victory. Your word is the incorruptible seed that when it's planted into our hearts and we keep it in there and not allow the enemy to steal it out of our hearts, it will reproduce after its kind. It will produce life It will produce peace. It will produce uh, victory over every circumstance of life. It will produce, Father, abundance because it is incorruptible, it is spiritual, and it will reproduce after its kind. May we pay attention to your words. May we incline our ears to your sayings. And may we keep your words before our eyes and within our hearts. For your word declares if we do that, we will find health, life, and healing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.